Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master along with Corey Johnson. Corey Johnson, sustainable investing, wind, solar, EVs. What do you think? Totally against it. I believe in buying cigarette and gun stocks. You lie like size. a cheap toupee. Uh, I think it's really interesting that <laughs> these investments have outperformed. We're going to start to dig into why yeah. these investments actually outperform investments pure, chosen purely on their financial merits. But first, let's go look at some data checks and business newses and all that stuff. Yeah. How do I follow that? Let's just get right Which to the part? numbers. Did you like the joke? I, I'm letting know, it drop. I'm moving on. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the S&P trading higher now by 4 to 23.97. That is a gain there of two-tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials up 45 to 20,940. A gain there of two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ lower. Little change. Down a point now at 61.32. That is a drop of less than one-tenth of 1%. So stocks pushing toward records. The dollar's retreat abated amid European data that added to signs the global economy does remain on firm footing. But what about Washington? Jim O'Sullivan is chief U.S. economist at High Frequency Economics. He was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. Fiscal policy generally, I would say there's probably not much expected for 2017 at this point. Of course, there are some expectations still in the market that at some point there's going to be a tax cut. Um, I expect in the end there will be a modest tax cut kicking in in 2018, although that's not guaranteed, of course. I mean, obviously, if you take the Trump numbers, literally, not that he's got given all the detail, but it implies a pretty significant tax cut. And he's, of course, counting on rosy economic assumptions to help balance the budget. AutoZone share is hitting a major pothole today. Right now, AutoZone is down 10.3%. It reported profit and sales that missed analyst estimates as the distributor of car replacement parts joins a chorus of retailers saying U.S. tax return delays squelch demand early this year. Recapping, S&P up four, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. Gold down six-fifty, down five-tenths of one percent. Crude oil up seven-tenths of one percent to fifty-one forty-nine. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. We want to talk a little bit about sustainable investing. Mother Nature will be happy to hear this. Uh, and this next firm says it's investing for the next economy. Let's hear more from Corbin J. Bush. She's co-founder, chief investment officer at Green Alpha Advisors, based in Boulder, Colorado, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Tuesday. Here, too, attending the Bloomberg Government Pioneering Sustainable Solutions event. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Hi, Carol. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you here. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing when you say, you know, investing for the next economy. What does that mean specifically? We think of the next economy as being uh, a near future, very efficient, a very uh, environmentally but also economically sustainable economy. Sometimes uh, doing a little bit of overreach, I'll refer to it as the zero risk economy, by which I mean an economy wherein we've diffused our economy out from under the large systemic risks with the ability to threaten the economy over the long run. And by those, I mean the uh, risks flowing from the meta risks of climate change, uh, and resource scarcity and widening inequality. So in addressing those, we think we can arrive in an economy that thrives for the long term. Fortunately, it also makes an interesting growth strategy because sustainability is driven largely by uh, technology-leveraged innovation. So in one, in one way, you could think of us as a manager of growth strategies that are, that are tech-leveraged and innovation-focused. 
it, it's interesting. Do, do you do you think the market discounts those growth prospects because of uh, of the focus of the companies that, that you would expect that, that you expect those companies to grow at a faster rate, just in a general sense, because of what they do and and uh, what they don't do? Yeah, Corey, I, I think that that's a great point, and I think that in some parts of what we call the next economy, you do see lower expectations on on the basis of. Uh, in some cases, legacy uh, opinions about businesses, especially uh, I say that with respect to solar. I think expectations for some solar companies are so low that you can actually make a decent contrarian bet these days buying the ones that are the more dramatically undervalued. You know, there are some trading at half of their book value, even though they have positive EPS and nice top-line growth rates. Uh, in other cases, though, <laughs> I think you see very high valuations because – For solar or other? Uh, in other next economy topics, uh, to, to kind of transition within, within Corey's question, like a stock like NVIDIA, which makes very powerful processors which enable things like autonomous driving. Right. Uh, this is pure next economy, autonomous uh, electric transportation uh, that can enable the sharing economy. This makes the economy far more efficient and more interesting uh, in terms of its ability to perpetuate indefinitely without colliding with a big systemic risk. And yet, you don't see NVIDIA being undervalued. On the contrary, it, it's at a high, high multiple. Is it clear to you, Garvin, at this stage of the game, like who will be kind of the key players in the next economy that are driving sustainability? Uh, is it very clear at this juncture? Um, it's becoming more clear. Uh, you know, yeah. I learn an awful lot from among other things, Bloomberg data. I love all the work that comes out of BNF and Michael Liebrich's work. Uh, following the trends, you know, starting with basic principles, with facts, with science, what we know the big systemic risks are and what we know the technologies and approaches that mitigate those risks are is a fantastic place to start and, and a basis upon which to start building a portfolio. And so we can say with a lot of certainty – uh, which sectors are going to contribute to the future economy. We know that, that solar and wind will be increasingly large portions. It's no longer just a nice thing to do. Not at all. No. In fact, you know, think about the economics of solar and wind. They both can sell energy into the grid for between two and three pennies a kilowatt hour. I recent, recently heard a coal executive say, you know, uh, upon the recent shutting, and I can't recall his name, I'm sorry, but upon the recent decision to shutter the uh, Navajo power plant, uh, out in Arizona, you know, it's very hard for us to sell nickel power into a two-cent market, was, is, was what he said. And I thought, that's about right, because solar and wind are becoming so cost-competitive and increasingly so as they achieve more and more scale. So how do you explain the fact that uh, the American Outdoor brands, the former Smith & Wesson, is up 50% over the last two years? Is it, did that run counter to your thesis? No, not necessarily at all. Uh, I think two things are going on there. Uh, one, uh, you know, the Second Amendment is real in this country and people mm-hmm. can buy guns. And if people are uh, a little bit uh, nervous that their rights are going to be taken away, I think that uh, I think wrongly, because I don't think Hillary was about to take anyone's guns away. But I think folks who were a little bit worried about that when everyone thought she was going to win the election bought a lot of guns. I don't have any problem with that. I believe in, in free market economy. And when it comes to sustainability and next economics, I think. I, we believe just as strongly in market-based solutions. What works best and what pays best is what's going to grow the fastest and therefore has the best chance at not only earning competitive returns for our clients, but also at helping to help the economy thrive indefinitely. I wish we had long enough to come back, but I got about 25 seconds I'm saving for you. So when you look at something like electric vehicles, do you think Tesla is a sure thing or we just don't know yet? 
It's looking more sure because they're executing well at every turn. Yes, they have been slow to hit some of their goals, but yet they do hit them. At its present multiple, you've really got to be a big believer in the long-term thesis. You know, we've owned since shortly after the IPO, so we're not about to sell because of tax consequences. Right. But I, but at this level, I'm pretty much in, in hold on will Tesla. You, will you come back? I would love to. This was a really cool conversation. It's right up uh, Corey in my alley. Uh, Garvin J. Bush, thank you so much. Co-founder, chief investment officer at Green Alpha Advisors, based in Boulder, Colorado, uh, in our Bloomberg 1130 studio, though, on this Tuesday. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets. Carol Massa, Corey Johnson on Bloomberg. This is the more of the national news headlines with Bloomberg News anchor Adrian Mitchell in our 991 studios in our nation's capital. Corey and Carol, President Trump's budget assumes 3% economic growth and rejects the Congressional Budget Office's 1.9% as pessimistic. Office of Management and Budget Director Mick Mulvaney says the plan to cut $3.6 trillion fulfills the president's campaign promises. These numbers are simply the president's policies put onto paper. We took the president's speeches, we took his priorities, we turned them into numbers, and that's what's in the document. The fiscal 2018 budget would cut through the safety net for the poor and disabled. It's finding little support in Congress, even among Republicans. Democrats on the Senate Banking Committee have launched what they say is a protest vote against confirming a high-ranking Treasury official. Senator Sherrod Brown and Elizabeth Warren say they're frustrated over Treasury's slow response to requests for documents in the Russia investigations. Rome is the latest stop on the president's trip. Before leaving Israel, he condemned the Manchester terrorist attack that killed 22 people at a concert last night as the work of evil losers. The Islamic State claims responsibility. The attacker has been identified as 22-year-old Salman Abedi, but police say they don't know if he was part of a terrorist group. A firm hired by the U.S. to distribute $4 billion to victims of Bernard Madoff's Ponzi scheme has racked up $38.8 million in billings over four years, but documents obtained under the Freedom of Information Act show investors are still waiting for their first checks. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.